All right, welcome into the second episode of the Undraftables podcast. I'm Kate Carlton, joined alongside Caleb Livingston. Glad you're with us, subscribing, however you may be, through iTunes or Spotify for episode two. Again, I'm Kate Carlton, and Caleb Livingston joining me in studio today. What's up? Not much, man. How's it going? It's it's going, man. It's, yeah, it's going. It's hot out. It's getting summertime, which usually meant right in the middle of baseball but yeah you know we'll get yeah. to that later yeah it is what it is it's not uh not great right now for baseball we'll get into that later um so we we started up the first episode and we kind of wanted to you know tell you a little bit about us and we spent a little bit on that before we got into some sports news on episode one but uh we really didn't get to talk a lot about us so we thought uh what we lead off the show today with is talking about you know, some of our favorite teams, why they're our favorite teams and whatnot. Um, we're going to disagree on college basketball. Um, very much so disagree on college basketball. But uh, I'll let you start out and kind of tell some of your favorite teams and, you know, why they're your favorite teams and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, we'll just go ahead and get it going right now. Um, growing up, obviously I'm a huge Arkansas fan. Yeah. Um, growing up in the state um, – you know, I, I root for the Razorbacks and everything. I think it's, you know, I, I'm like most people grew up on it. So we'll kind of stay away from that and just throw that out there. But, you know, I, I guess it, I guess my one one A and one B, my one B choice would be North Carolina. I've been a big Tar Heels fan. You know, obviously growing up in the Michael Jordan era, you know, most people were you're a Bulls fan and a Carolina guy. You know. Um, and then if you weren't a Carolina guy, you were a Duke guy, you know, growing up, in which, you know, we all know we'll get into that later with you. But, um, you know, growing up with Carolina, I remember Dean Smith, you know, Vince Carter, Rasheed Wallace days, um, Eric Montrose, you know, the, the, those those teams, they were fun. Um, it, you know, the Duke-Carolina, like it's still a big rivalry today, but back in the 90s, early 2000s, that was like the rivalry in, in college sports, period, and maybe even all of sports outside of your Yankees, Red Sox, and and so, and you always fell on one side. You were never like, oh, let's just see, you know, make sure it's a good game. It was, I'm a Carolina guy or I'm a Duke guy. So, um, also, my dad is a Duke fan, and so it was always fun to root against him <laughs> and you know have that you know you know rivalry in the house and. Um, we actually got to meet Coach K at one time. My mom got her picture taken with him, and I wouldn't like it was like it was against my religion to get my picture taken with Coach K. But um, you know, just a lot of just just you know, kind of quote unquote bleed that Carolina blue, you know, and not as big as big a fan today because, like I said, I'm more of a Razorback fan, and you yep. grow up and and like I said back then, that was the rivalry. Today, there's so many other rivalries it's still big but it's not as big but that's where i'd go with my college basketball kind of one b choice well and i think it's of course i'm biased but i think it's bigger when it's at cameron than when it's at the bean dome i, I agree think, i agree yeah. i mean i just think it's a, it's more of a spectacle when they start out every two years when they start out the rivalry at cameron i think those are the best years for the rivalry because when it for whatever reason, like when it flip-flops back to Cameron and they aren't playing there until the last weekend in March, it doesn't have as much luster, you know? Well, and because a lot of times, you know, either one of them's already got the ACC wrapped yeah, up yeah. and there may not be as much on the game. And, and I'll say this, you know, Cameron, 
if it's not the best place to watch a big game, it, it'd be hard to find another place. Maybe Kansas, you know, um, you got to experience that this last year. But, yeah. you know, there's very few places that you would want to watch a big game. And then throw in the Carolina Duke thing, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Well, and I said we were going to disagree because I'm a big Duke guy. That's what I grew up on. So my dad was – I guess uh, Duke started getting like the ACC game of the week and whatnot in the 80s, and that was always, you know, Duke and North Carolina obviously always was like one of the national games of the week. And so my dad was a fan from about the time Coach K got there until now. So, I mean, my first memory of any kind of sports is the 01 Duke championship team with Shane Battier and all those guys. Uh, that's my first memory of any sports. And so I've been a Duke fan like, I have flip-flopped on teams and flip-flopped on athletes, you know, all the time throughout my life. That's been one of the one constants is Duke basketball. Because that's – I mean, I've just been a fan my entire life. Um, and I, I was a big fan, you know, when I was younger. But I didn't start to become the huge fan that I am now until J.J. Reddick came along. That was uh, – like, when I was growing up, that was my guy. Like, I would get in – and I still will get into an argument with anybody that says Adam Morrison is better. <laughs> like, I, I, I still will, because that used to make me so mad growing up, because I was such a J.J. Reddick guy, and, like, any like there was a question on Twitter, I guess it was about a couple months ago, and it was like, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, and somebody else, and J.J. was on the list, and it was like, who would you cut? I'm like, well, I'm cutting Grant Hill, because I want J.J. <laughs> Reddick, like, that's my guy, so... um yeah, but I mean, like that's the reason I'm a Duke fan. It started with my dad, and then when JJ Reddick came along, like that's still one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever gotten in my life as a number four black JJ Reddick jersey. Like that was my guy growing up. Now, one of my favorite college basketball memories, you know, going back to JJ Reddick is when they would have to play at Maryland, and, and yeah. their crowds were just ruthless. And you know, that was a fun rivalry too back in the day when Maryland was really good under Gary Williams. Um, you know, they – during that time, everybody – like, you either loved Duke or you, like, yeah. hated them. And, um, like you said, Duke was always playing the game of the week, like, especially when they were playing, like, a Maryland, obviously Carolina, you know, Syracuse, you know, any of these big games, um, you always tuned in, you know. Uh, and I remember the really good Maryland teams that – like that, they said some things that you know were not very nice. And they chanted uh, "Bleep you, JJ!" one game, and he went out and dropped like thirty-five. Yeah, on him. yeah. Uh, <laughs> th but th those—that's what makes college athletics fun, and, yeah. and why we're such passionate fans, you know, about college basketball. Because see, I've always there was a stretch in my life where I liked the NBA better than college basketball. That was only about four or five years when the Grizzlies were on their run. But see, I've always, for the most part, been a college basketball guy, just because of you know the pageantry and the traditions and the blue bloods and the rivals and the atmospheres and whatnot and so I've always been a uh, a big college basketball guy I know you're the same way and, and I, you're not an Arkansas fan but I think you went to the Arkansas Kentucky game this yeah, year that was and insane. I mean and we're lucky that hopefully coach Musselman's bringing yeah. that back and and we can have one of those amazing atmospheres you know just four 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 and a half hours away and and get to experience that, you know, because uh, I, I do think a, a Saturday SEC pack Bud Walton is, you know, it's got to be a top five, you know, atmosphere in the country, yeah. you know, between them and you got, you know, Cameron indoor, you got fog over at Kansas, um, you know, Rupp Arena, you know, they, they do it every night, the is on up at Michigan State, but 
there's not many better than you know a Saturday at Bud Walton, you know, for an SEC game or a big non-con game. Yeah, I agree. And that that Kentucky game was it was crazy. That was that's because uh, see, I'm a big college basketball guy, but I've never until the last two or three years, all of my college basketball experiences have been neutral sites. So I've been to two Final Fours. I went to the PK80 uh, up in Portland a few years ago, uh, and. The only college basketball arena I'd been to before Arkansas, I think, was Louisville. So now I've been to Louisville, Arkansas, and Kansas. But, like, just on-campus arena, on-campus game is just hard to beat in college basketball. Because, like, really and truly, like in pro sports, until you get to the playoffs, it at least in the NBA and MLB, there's really not a great atmosphere. Unless it's just a huge game, it's going to be on ESPN, whatever. Yep, yep. No, there, there's no doubt. And uh, – I, I I'm, I'm like you. I haven't been to a lot of on-campus basketball games. Obviously, been to Arkansas, uh, been to a couple just random here and there. Um, been to the NCAA tournament a couple times. Still haven't got to experience a Final Four. That's something that uh, you know I'm, I'm, I want to do and I will at some point. Um, now, my dad got to experience the Final Four where Michael Jordan hit the game-winning shot in the championship wow. game. Uh, he was in college. Him and his roommate drove down to New Orleans and and. Uh, you know, got found the cheapest hotel that they could and sat at the very top of the Superdome and uh, got to witness that. He was a big Louisville fan, and Louisville was in the Final Four. Yeah, and uh, and so he he was a big Denny Crum fan. The Doctors of Dunk for the old school guys listening, and um, but but I haven't got to experience that, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, let me ask you, what's your kind of transitioning from college basketball to college football? How did you become an Ole Miss fan? Like, I haven't heard that story yet. So, it's it's actually a funny story because um, one of the first – actually, the first SEC game I ever went to was Arkansas State at Ole Miss. It was the year after Eli graduated. So, whatever year that was, 03 or 04, I can't remember. But uh, – so – A-State actually nearly won the game because Ole Miss was only up one at the half and then Ole Miss kind of pulled away. So that was my first game. Um, And then I, you know, after I went, I kind of became an Eli fan because he was in the NFL with the Giants. And so I had always kind of watched them from afar, never really being a fan. Uh, And then I really – so I'd been to an Ole Miss game, but I hadn't really been to an Ole Miss game until 2011. So that was uh, nuts last year, 2011 or 2010, whatever his last year was. And we went to uh, – I went to, you know, Ole Miss-Bama. I went to Ole Miss-Arkansas, and I went to a few games that year, and I started to kind of fall in love with it. But at the time, I was a huge Arkansas State fan. I'm still, I still am a huge Arkansas State fan in football. And so when Freeze got the Ole Miss job, like, I was heated. I was so mad. I Like, there was about a four-month stretch there where I just hated Ole Miss. And, I, I like, I was so mad. I was like, why are they taking our coach after one year – uh, and then one of my one of my best friends, actually my best friend, um, his parents are both Ole Miss alumni, and um, at the time they had season tickets. They were tailgating in the Grove and the Circle and whatnot. And so he was like, "Hey, I know you don't really like Hugh Freeze, but uh, or I, don't, I know you don't like what Hugh Freeze did to A State or whatever, but just come down. They're playing Central Arkansas to open up the year, and so I go down, and it's like probably." 90% capacity for the game. The Grove is like electric, gets packed, and I'm like, you know what? I don't really hate Hugh Freeze as much as I thought I did. And so I just <laughs> – I kind of jumped on 
the band like I had been an admirer from afar for a long time, but I officially kind of jumped on the bandwagon. It's like you know what. I love coming here. Uh, you know, I've always watched them play, so you know, I might as well just say, "Screw it, be a fan." Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, that's a pretty neat neat yeah. story. And um, you know, being an Ole Miss fan is kind of like being an Arkansas fan. It's you know, some highs and some lows, but mostly lows. A lot of lows. <laughs> a lot of lows. My my favorite college football game that I've ever attended, and just to pour on to your lows, is the. Uh, the fourth and twenty-five game. I was there. I was there too. In the end zone, um, just an incredible game. Yeah. I, both both teams are actually really good teams that year. Yeah. Um, is that the year y'all beat Bama? That was one of the two years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, so, if y'all uh, beat us, y'all win the SEC West. Yeah. Yeah. The Ole Miss would have won the SEC West and been or gone to Atlanta because I think they won out after that. So funny story about that game. So I, uh, I was there. I went with a few of my friends. Um, one of my friends, uh, who's a big Ole Miss fan, he was sitting in the Arkansas section because uh, he was there with some some of his friends from Arkansas. And then another one of my friends, we were sitting together over on the Ole Miss side. And so, you know, it's into the game. Ole Miss has got to kick a field goal to send it into overtime. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. I, 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 I can't do this. I'm walking out, and I'm like, if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. But I can't do it. And so I get about halfway out of the stadium, and I turn back around. I'm like, you know what? They're going to make this field goal, and we're going to overtime. And I have regretted that decision ever since. The worst decision I've ever made at the sporting event in my life. Yeah, I I, I remember that moment, and for some like I was I was shaking because like it was loud, it was it was intense, and it was yeah. this was a game like being a huge Arkansas fan. You know, we hadn't won a lot of SEC games under Bielema, especially on the road. You could see us turning the corner, maybe. And it was like, here we go, we're gonna blow it, you know, and you know, give them a chance. And sure enough, he makes it, and place goes nuts, and it, it looked bleak in overtime. And you know, then then maybe the play, probably the play of the century so far for Arkansas football, yeah. happened. I mean, yeah. um, you know, they they had uh, uh, Bo Mattingly had Hunter Henry on his podcast, you know, a couple weeks ago, and obviously a big part of it was the fourth and twenty five, you know, and. Um, just, just really cool. I mean, obviously, any SEC game you go to is, is going to be yeah. may, maybe except for at Vanderbilt, you know. And and uh, we, we all know why they're in the SEC helps the, helps the league's GPA. But um, you know, it, SEC football is is king, you know. Yeah. And you can go to any like I've been to Mississippi State, and I know that you can't stand them, but they tailgate just as well as anybody you know yeah. with the bell the cowbells and you know I, I got to see him play bama uh when bama was ranked number one and um it came down to the to the final possession and that place was crazy you know and and i had no rooting interest could care less just want to see a good game and so um you know sec football you know it, it is what it is so you had to pick one professional team of the, of the major sports who are you going with Oh my gosh! One professional team in the major sports. Um, like I'm really not just a huge professional sports team fan. Like I mean, I have my teams. Like I like the Giants in NFL. I like the Grizzlies and uh, the NBA, and I like the Cubs in Major League Baseball. But like, if all three of those teams fell off the face of the earth tomorrow, I wouldn't be too, you know, bent out of shape boat. about it. Yeah. You know, growing up, I would have told you. Atlanta Braves, like, and I'm still a big Atlanta yeah. Braves fan, but 
you know, we, we touched on it last week. Baseball, Major League Baseball, is is getting so out of touch with yeah. the sports scene. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll follow. I'll look to see if they win. If they're playing like the Sunday night game of the week on ESPN, I'll watch some of it, you know. And then come playoff time, I'll you know, if they're in it, I'll watch. But, you know, used to – and I grew up when they're in their 15 straight division titles. And, you know, they were on TBS every day. And I watched all those games. And now – you know, you can't. You, I mean, you can see them, but you got to take. You got to really be looking for them. Yeah. And and so, um, grew up. I'm a Spurs fan. You know, there for a while it was really, you know, really good under Duncan, Ginobili, David Robinson, all those guys, Tony Parker. Um, you know, we're going through a, through a tough period right now to our standard. And then, then I don't like to bring this up because then I get hammered for it. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and you know, and <laughs> everybody forgets about they're like you know one of the top, ten, you know, have like the third most Super Bowls of all. Well, time. it's easy to forget and, when you got one of these things in 20 years exactly. or 25 years. And, and, and uh, it's funny because my dad is from Minnesota, and he's a huge Vikings fan, and he likes to remind me of that. And then I go, well, how many Super Bowls have y'all won? And, <laughs> you know, well, we're, I'm like, still, like, you talk about we're old for the last 20, you're old forever, you know. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But I, I'm with you, you know, professional sports, it is what it is. If it's yeah. on, probably watch it. But give me college sports all day. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I am. Uh, and, and the crazy thing is, like, I've been – Growing up, I was both a New York Giants and an Indianapolis Colts fan because I love the Manning brothers. Like they were, they were my two favorite football players. And so once Peyton kind of left um, Indianapolis and went to Denver, you know, I kind of fell off. I was never really a Denver fan, but uh, I'd always been an Eli fan, and so I, you know, I stuck with the Giants. I still stick with the Giants, even though Eli didn't play last year, and obviously he's retired now. But like they're so bad, I just can't get. Like, I lose interest by the time mid-October rolls around just because they're so bad. Um, and I've gotten to the point where I just hate NBA basketball. Like, I hate it. <laughs> I hate watching NBA basketball because I don't feel like – like, I don't feel like they actually guard or play a defense. I don't really feel like they run set offenses, and I just – I don't know. I just don't really like it. But the crazy thing is the team I've been a fan of for the least amount of time, the Cubs, and I've been a Cubs fan for like maybe two years – Ever since I went to Wrigley, that's probably the team I have the most attachment to in pro sports. And most Cub fans do. I mean, they, yeah. you know, back when I was growing up, they were the lovable losers. And, yeah. then, and then they win a World Series. And, and I, I'm not – I don't mind the Cubs. I'm not a big Cardinals fan, so I, I like when the Cubs are good because it gets the Cardinal fans riled up. And, <laughs> like, we all know Cardinal fans, you won more World Series than the Cubs, but it's still fun to watch you squirm when the Cubs are good. And I'm just just saying, sitting, sitting on the outside looking in, it is hilarious. So, <laughs> so that's some of our uh, favorite teams, kind of how we got there. Uh, it's crazy that a Duke fan and a North Carolina fan can – coexist in the same room at the same time barely we barely. barely do it but uh so we have we we kind of mentioned at the top of the show about the mlb and how much of a you know tire fire it is but uh there are a couple of leagues that um are coming back uh, and we talked about it on episode one a little bit about the nba uh but you know they've kind of laid out a full detailed plan the WNBA chimed in and said they're coming back they're playing they're going to play 22 games and pay every single player their 100% salary, which is awesome. Um, 
in a bubble there at uh, IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, but, you know, NBA has come out with some new stuff uh, this week. Uh, you know, one of the most interesting things, two of the most inter- interesting things that caught my eye. Number one, uh, if you leave the site of Orlando, if you leave the Disney World site, it's automatic 10 days of quarantine and you have to have like the nasal swab test where they go up to your brain until you take until you pass negative for COVID. And number two was that the Players Association said they did not anticipate fans for the 2020-2021 season, which is still kind of crazy to me. But um, basketball, it seems, does kind of have their stuff figured out. And sooner rather than later, we're going to have, you know, one of the big four sports leagues back in America. Yeah, it's uh... – I mean, every day that goes by, we're getting closer to it. Um, you know, I think here in what less than two weeks, they're going back to their their facilities. Yeah. You know, and and kind of start a mini camp, and then before they travel down to Orlando, um, you know, so it's it's looking positive. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully things can can stay on schedule and we can get back. Um, looking forward to the WNBA season too. You yeah. know. Um, you know, obviously, as a girls basketball coach, then then you've really got into the women's game here in the last couple of years as well. And um, you know, it, it's it's basketball. It, it's high quality. Um, you know, kudos to their league for paying. Like they upped their salaries. That was a big thing in their off season. Um, and then for them to still come out and say we're going to pay 100 percent. That's to me, that's a huge step forward for women's basketball. You know, not only in the country but in the world. Yeah, and that, like I'm. I'm excited for that because, it, I mean, it's crazy to say that, like, uh, a basketball player that just came out of college doesn't move the needle. She is the needle, but that's kind of what Sabrina Unescu is to that league, especially since Maya Moore is now, you know, off and, you know, trying to fight civil rights battles, which kudos to her. But Maya Moore is no longer in the league. So, like, kind of from day one, it's going to be Sabrina Unescu's league. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's exciting because she's so young and she's got a chance to carry the league and – you know, there, there's still some older stars. You know, you got Diana Taurasi and yeah. Brittany Griner and, and, you know, people like that to to help, you know, kind of mold her and shape her. Um, you know, another name that I'm looking forward to seeing who, you know, we, we can have this argument on a different podcast, but maybe the most talented player to come out and and she fell in the draft for, uh, for some reasons was Kennedy Carter. You yeah. know, I, I mean, she may lead the league in scoring this year. I mean, she's that good. Um, I've seen her when she was playing, you know, AAU ball, and she was just unbelievable. And obviously at A and M, she was as well. You know, she now she ran all her good teammates off at A and M. They ended up transferring, but to tell you how good she was, she still was good enough to get them into the NCAA tournament every year and, and make, you know, at least make the Sweet Sixteen. And and um, I got to see her play live at Mississippi State a couple years ago, and. You know, that was when uh, Tierra McGowan was playing, Victoria Vivians, and uh, Mississippi State you know, got beat on the last second shot that year by Notre Dame in the championship game. And Kennedy Carter was the best player on the floor. as a, like, I think she was a freshman, maybe a sophomore. But um, she's another one that is going to be right there if she can can kind of figure some things out of, of, of handling her business and kind of creating that, that image that – you know, Sabrina has, she's yeah. got a chance to be big time too. Oh, no, I agree. Because, uh, you know, I watched a lot of Arkansas women's games this year uh, just because, you know, Alana's going there and I really like Coach Neighbors and, you know, uh, 
that whole staff that he's assembled there. But, uh, I mean, she kind of went off on Arkansas. Like, Arkansas lost to A&M both times they played him. It was all Kennedy Carter. She she probably averaged, like, 25 points against Arkansas for the season series this year because, I mean, yeah. she went off on him. Yeah, very talented player. Looking forward to seeing how she does. Uh, so, NBA and WNBA are back. There's some interesting things uh, with the NBA. Uh, and – so here's the thing. I'm I'm a huge golf fan, a huge Tiger Woods fan, my favorite athlete ever. I, uh, growing up, like that was my guy to this day. That's still my guy. I've never wavered. Uh, it's always been Tiger one, LeBron two. Uh, but I remember the 2013 Masters when Tiger was in contention going into the weekend. Um, he, I think it was on hole like 15, 14 or 15. He went out of bounds. He had to take a drop, and he wound up saving bogey for the hole. He goes into the weekend, and he's only two or three shots off the lead. Well, overnight, somebody called in on the PGA Tour hotline or whatever and said Tiger did not take a proper drop. So the PGA Tour accessed an additional two-stroke penalty, moving him five shots off the lead, and lost him the tournament because of a hotline. The NBA came out this week and said that they're going to do a hotline for uh, – people that see NBA players off campus in Orlando. I am vehemently against it because of past experiences in other sports. What are your thoughts on it? You know, I, I'm that, – that sounds crazy. Uh, you know, it, it's – I've said all along, it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out because yep. you're, you're almost – and I get where some players are kind of – maybe against being in the bubble because you're taking away, you know, I quote unquote their freedom. Now they're, they're still going to be able to go eat inside the bubble and do all that, but they're used to coming and going however they want, you know, and this is, this is going to, you know, uh, put it into it. I would just like, I want to know who's going to be taking these phone calls because there's going to be people calling, making stuff up. Like how, yeah. how are you going to like know if they're telling the truth or not? You know, like, uh, there's got to be some kind of video evidence of that because, like, if I'm a – like, I'm not a Lakers fan. And if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm calling and saying Anthony Davis and LeBron and <laughs> all those dudes are out partying in Miami, you know, and, and, you know, just making stuff up to see if they can, we can get them in trouble and get them to lose a game or two, you know. So, I, I don't know. Nah, that's, that's kind of how I am. Especially if it's – which you would think it would be public record, especially if it's public record for everybody and their brother to use. Like I just, I think it's more trouble than it's actually worth. I, I just. I don't see a point in it. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I am. Uh, so NBA and WNBA uh, both announced their plans to come back. We talked about it last week. Um, with baseball, is that base, baseball? Uh, granted, they were further off, and we did this last Thursday. Uh, you know. We're recording this on Thursday and yesterday, Wednesday, the 17th of June. Uh, you know, it looked like around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon that maybe, you know, the owners and the players have come to some type of an agreement. Uh, a few hours after that, the players said, you know, we received the proposal and, you know, we're hopeful for a season, but we did not officially come to terms on anything. Uh, and the two sides have kind of been going back and forth uh, today a little bit as well. But, uh, you know, and I think we're going to have some sort of an MB or some sort of MLB season. I don't know if it's going to be 40, 50, 60, 70 games. I think we're going to have some sort of season. Um, but 
even if we do have a season, I think the damage has kind of already been done in terms of, you know, the image and reputation and whatnot of the sport because, you know, we mentioned it last week in our first episode is that, you know, golf and NASCAR right now are getting tons and tons and tons of airtime and publicity just because they're the only sports going on. Like, baseball could have gotten back to that point that they once had in America where they, for it was the number one talked about thing. Because if they come back at the 1st of July, from July 1st until, you know, July 31st, August 1st, when the NBA resumes, they are the number one storyline every day on every local and national sports talk show, sports TV show, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's the favorite. my favorite part of this baseball thing going on now is watching uh, – seeing the, these MLB players tweet out their the gifts and of stuff of like eye rolls and yeah. like when you hear like the somebody from the the major league baseball side of it will say oh we're close to an agreement and then Mike Trout just comes out and destroys that or or, or something and it's like it just shows you how far off they really are and you know kudos to these players for not giving in you know to it and um uh, I don't know. Like like you said, like it's becoming that if if this point next week, if there's not an agreement, I don't see us. What's the point of us continuing talking about it yeah. until they come back and say, "Yeah, we're going to play starting whatever date." You know. Well, and I mean, if you don't, if it's like July twentieth and you're coming back, like heads up, the NBA's coming back July thirty first, and they're going to get a ton of viewers. Yeah, it, it's 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 almost to the point now. It's just like. It, whatever you know yeah. like it's okay cool you know but they'll get they'll get one maybe two days a week of real coverage when when there's nothing no major nba games on because like we said last week football's gonna start and yeah. and and once football starts you got thursday night nfl college you've got your friday night high school and college football started to go to some friday night and then all day saturday is big college football day you got NFL on Sundays, Monday Night Football. Okay, baseball's going to get Tuesday and Wednesday. Maybe, if the NBA doesn't have a yeah. big game going on. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And I just – I think you're at, a, you're at a point now where even like your most diehard fans uh, have gotten to a point where they were just kind of put out with, you know, every single day it feels like. Even though they may be getting closer in terms of an agreement, it feels like they're still just drifting apart, and we're drifting further and further away from you know having a baseball season. But yep. you know it is what it is. Uh, so uh, hopefully we know we're going to have basketball back. Hopefully we'll have baseball back. Uh, you know by the end of July. But uh, wanted to move on and uh, throw out a new segment we're going to do is that the best thing we've seen on social media this week uh, I know you may not tweet a lot or post a lot but I know you're a big social media guy especially Twitter just looking at stuff uh, and whatnot and I'm a, anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Twitter guy uh, so the best thing we've seen on social media this week uh, you know in Jonesboro yesterday on 95.3 the ticket the sports talk sh- the sports talk sa- station here uh Brad Bobo, who hosts the drive from three to six, he threw out a very, very interesting question of basically, you know, if you have a team that's going to be outmanned and you can pick one coach in the area to coach that team and win the game, who would it be? And obviously, I know you've been around high school basketball because you coach it, and I've been around it as a broadcaster, 
you know, and as a fan my entire life. There's obviously been a lot of great coaches in the area, so I'm interested to hear your answer as someone who's, you know, kind of in the thick of it. You know, what a great question. Great discussion yesterday on social media. Um, you know, I, I text uh, Coach Bubba Deaton and Coach Blaine Burrington. You know, we, we've got a group message going on, and we were talking about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give a shout-out as one of the guys I would pick to Blaine's dad, uh, Coach Burrington at Pocahontas. You know, yep. he consistently has competitive teams that are hard to beat, and every once in a while they'll have a kid maybe go to Williams, you know, but they're not churning out Division One players, um, you know, they're but they're always competitive. Um, you know, and just some of the other names, obviously you got a guy like Bobby Gross down at Brooklyn, you know. Um, you know, and what makes him, people say that, is he plays in a really hard league, you know, and he's got good players, but they always – you know, like this year, they beat Blavel twice in a row, you know, and and Blavel was better. You know, Blavel had better talent. They had uh, – he had he had Magnolia beat in the state – or the state uh, semifinals, you know, in the state tournament um, and get, ends up getting beat double, maybe triple overtime, something like that. Um, and what he's done at Brooklyn, he took them from – Brooklyn was always a solid program to now – you can't ever count Brooklyn out of a game, you know, and uh, and, and so, you know, he's a guy that comes to mind. Uh, somebody like Matt Mills at Rector, you yeah. know. I mean, he's a guy that you look up every year and they're, they've won 20 ball games, you know, and um, and it doesn't matter how many kids he graduates, they, they're they going to win 20 ball ballgames. Uh, you know, he kind of reminds me of the old uh, Wisconsin in college basketball, you know, they – you know, Bo Ryan and, and then Greg Gard, the guy they got now, they, they just keep winning. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, and they just get it done doing it their way. Um, you know, they're, you know you get just, you've got so many great coaches in this area. You know, one guy that we have to face a lot that I think gets a lot out of his kids every year is Dell Leonard up at Mountain Home. You know, um, they, they don't have the best athletes, but they work hard. He gets the most out of them. You go up there, if you win a game at Mountain Home, it doesn't matter if they're one of the best teams in the state like they were this year or if they're an average team. They're hard to beat, boys or girls. Yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, it, it's the drive getting up there, and then it's that anybody that knows Coach Leonard or has been around their program knows he's watching film probably – He's 20, watching he's, film right now. He's watching film. I know there's not 26 hours in a day, but if he's watching film 26 hours a day, pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he he doesn't sleep. He he's got he's got our scout broke down already next year, and we're they're not even in our conference anymore. We're playing him in non-conference. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Dale. You know, obviously, Coach Smith here at Nettleton's done. You know, won a lot of games, and um, you know, he's you know he he he'll tell you he's had a lot of talent. And but he's had years where they didn't have the most talent, and they they still were competitive and would make the playoffs, and um, you know, and and then yeah, I got to you got to throw you know give shout out to guys like him and, and even like Coach Swift at at Jonesboro, they're in positions now where they they usually have a lot of talent year in and year out. Yeah, they hadn't always been like that. You know, they they've had to work their way up to that, and um, and so. We're blessed in our area, you know, from the small schools to the big schools in this area, you've got a lot of really good coaches. And you you can go within 30 minutes of wherever you live in northeast Arkansas on a Tuesday and Friday and find quality high school basketball. 
and uh and it's it's because of the communities but it's also we got great coaches yeah uh, i thought bill taylor was an interesting yeah. answer he, he he had those great teams that um BIC for forever. Now he's an assistant, at and Brooklyn. even he went to Manila. People yeah. forget that yeah. he he took a Manila team to the state finals one year. Yeah, I thought he was an interesting answer. Uh, Bobby Gross was obviously on there a lot. Uh, Brad Brandon at Bay, yeah. boys coach at Bay. That's a really really good one because he's done a lot of great things yeah. at Bay. Mark Whitmire at Westside, yeah. they're I mean, always good. Bay's Bay's down years like going to the state semifinals yeah. at this point. Uh, Josh Bateman was a good one yeah. that uh, you know I saw thrown out there. Stan Fowler, who you know we've been around and sometimes I haven't been a huge fan of him after hopefully our games. hopefully he doesn't <laughs> win two games this year for sure. That, yeah. That when we see him in conference play, yeah. but no, for sure. <laughs> uh, like I said, a lot of great coaches out there. It was uh, uh, Bobo uh, won Twitter yesterday, at least in this area, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that was that was one of the best questions of the day that we've had in a while. It was really interesting to see uh, everyone's responses, and obviously, uh, I mean, we have a, a pretty good list of coaches in the five A, both boys um, and girls. Uh, so that was a really interesting question, and obviously, uh, you got to throw Coach Smith in on the list from here. Um, at Nettleton, I've got to throw this tweet in though. Okay, so, you know, I, you're going to get a bonus favorite tweet or social media post this week. We we all know that Kyrie Irving's been behind the scenes, you know, trying mm -hmm. to, you know, talk to NBA players about, hey, let's not play, let's not get back. Um, Kendrick Perkins, love him, hate him. You know, he was on the really good Celtics teams, the really good Thunder teams. Um, he's very opinionated. He's not afraid to share his opinion, which is my type of guy. I mean, he's he has gone at KD. I mean, he goes at anybody. Barstool Sports, which if you're not following Barstool, yeah, come on, you know, like great. Well, I mean, you don't have to follow them, but you have to follow some of their personalities, like yes. Big Cat, PFT commenter, and those guys. But they put out yesterday Kendrick Perkins quote, and he says. If you take Kyrie Irving's brain right now and put it in a bird, it's gonna fly backwards. <laughs> and it's got a link to an article, and it, and just <laughs> how great is that? I mean, you know, what a uh, quote. You know, and and Kyrie, I, I get you're trying to make a difference, but you know, and I'm not a huge Stephen A. Smith fan, but Stephen A. has been going off on Kyrie about why now, Kyrie? Where have you been? Where were you when you, you know, two years ago, last year? You know, and, and you got to – it's kind of – I think when Kyrie – it first came out what Kyrie was saying, it had some steam, and now it's kind of lost its luster. And he's kind of uh, – if you don't get LeBron's backing on something in the NBA, you, yeah. you're probably not going to – it doesn't matter who else you have right now. And, and LeBron hadn't come out and said that. In fact, I think it's – LeBron's been quoted as saying he wants to play. He's looking forward to playing. So – um, anyway, Kendrick Kendrick Perkins, man, keep him coming. <laughs> well, and I just uh, I, I get I get where he's trying to come off with it. I get where he's trying to come off with it. Of you know, we need to fight social injustice and you know systemic racism and whatnot. And I'm all for that, all for that. But I don't necessarily agree with the point of if we're on TV, the conversation automatically stops. Like. No, like, if you're on TV, it gives people some relief. We haven't had sports in four months. Like, we need some type of something. So, like, I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, like, nobody outside of 
Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley have supported it. And how how much does Dwight Howard's and Avery Bradley's voice come across in the NBA? I'm saying not a whole lot. Nah, not not yeah. at all. Unless you get Giannis or LeBron or Kawhi or you know one of those top five, ten guys that people listen to to, to get on board with you. Like, it's not happening. And I mean, everybody's, KD won't even come out and support yeah, him. Yeah, KD's teammate. his teammate. Yeah, like, it's not happening. Um, so, I mean, I, but, yeah, that's that's a pretty uh, interesting quote from Kendrick Perkins. We may just have a Kendrick Perkins segment every week. Just find the craziest <laughs> thing he did. I mean, you could. You could. So, uh, so a few, a couple other social media things. Uh, I want to save the Gundy thing for last, but um, today, Florida – who, you know, the Florida Gators, uh, one of the best traditions in college football, um, and one of the things that is, you know, a staple and a mainstay at their college football games is doing the Gator Chomp. I mean, I, I've been to a game there. They do it all the time. It's awesome. Even on even at road games, they do it. Well, today they came out and said that they were no longer going to do the Gator Chomp, uh, do the motion of the Gator Chomp, or say gator bait because it was racially insensitive. They said the phrase gator bait was racially insensitive, um, and they just wanted to cut the chomp out entirely. I'm, if you don't want to say gator bait, that's fine. But what are your thoughts on cutting the chomp out? Because I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. You're One, if they really think their fans are not going to do the gator chomp. Yeah. They may not say gator bait, but they're going to do the chomp. The first time one of their freshmen scores a touchdown, he's gonna do the. I mean, it's just it's Florida, you know. Yeah. Like, and hey, and I'm all about progressing and moving forward. And if you feel the Gator bait cheer, it, absolutely. But that's part of what I mean. Tim Tebow did it, yeah. you know, um, when he was there. And and I mean, I don't. As far as I know, Tim Tebow is about as good as guy as you can find out there. That is a a figurehead of something and, and you would want representing your your entity and I mean he was doing it you know and it, to me it's just it's part of the Florida tradition um I don't know ne- what's going to happen next are we going to say uh Alabama can't say roll tide when they kick off or we're not gonna be able to call the hogs or you know you know like we're I, I don't know like well, I, I don't know we're doing moving your hands in a chomping yeah. is has anything to do it because all races I, I mean we've all watched a florida gator football game there's all races doing the gator chomp i mean you know yeah <laughs> it's so, tradition i mean so i don't know that to me get rid of the gator bait chant you know i'm fine with that but the chomp come on the guys yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at because i just i just think it's and i'm I'm all for, you know, getting rid of the gator bait. That's fine. But the chomp itself is – it just seems a little bit out there to me. That, yeah, that's that's just me. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to last very long. Uh, the other thing uh, from social media this week uh, we saw that kind of stuck – or, uh, you know, kind of stuck out was the uh, the Mike Gundy stuff at uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, he was wearing a One American – News Network uh, T-shirt, which uh, is, you know, about as far of a right-wing news network, I struggle to even call it news, uh, that you can get. Uh, and they were in the news, I guess, a couple of years ago because of their stance on Black Lives Matter, and they basically kind of threw it, you know, down the drain. And uh, they were in the news for that. Mike Gundy was caught wearing the shirt. Um, 
And so, you know, you first see it, and you're like, well, you know, that's not very smart. But hopefully he can have conversations with his players, and, you know, they'll get past it. And, you know, his star running back tweeted out and said, I'm not working at Ohio or at Oklahoma State or doing anything until, you know, we resolve this. Gundy puts out a video uh, with Chuba Hubbard, the star running back, and basically looks like, okay, we've resolved this. And, you know, Gundy's like, you know, I want to listen to my players. I want to do what's right by them, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, you know, this is over with. Come last night, come Wednesday night, uh, we find an article from the 80s in Gundy's playing career when uh, a player accused him of calling him a not-so-nice word, and that was racially insensitive, and so we're back kind of to square one with uh, Mike Gundy. Just, you know, I have my own thoughts, but kind of what are your thoughts on the whole Gundy situation? You know, it's tough because (laughs) – You know, you'd like to give him that he sat down with his players. And how far back do you do we do we go? You know, I I don't know. You know, like because we've all done something in our past that, regardless of what color you are, that you're not proud of. You know, and and part of becoming an adult is maturing, and you know. your beliefs change and you grow up and you and you understand your mistakes and you learn from them um you know if he'd have done said that if that was two years ago him calling a yeah. player that I, yeah I, he probably has already been fired you know um you know it, it, it's it's tough you know because he knows that he shouldn't use that word you know even 20 years ago 40 years ago it doesn't matter you, you know at any time but What's the statute of limitations on that? You know, um, I applaud him for coming out and, and saying that he's going to work with his players. Um, I think that we've also – everybody's got to be careful. And, and this is where we're at. This is why – this is part of the reason we're at in this situation is just because I don't agree with you, Cade, on something and you don't agree with me, that doesn't mean that I don't like you. Yeah. And you, and, and we all have our own opinions, and that's and and that's we can't forget that that even if I don't agree with somebody, you still have that opinion. Now, that doesn't give him the right to say that word either. But again, how far do we go back? And you know, he's if you followed college football at all the last five to ten years, Mike Gundy has name always comes up for the Arkansas job. It it always comes up, and it and you wonder if he's sitting there thinking, you know, maybe I should have. Would would this be happening if he took another job? You yeah. Know? Well, and you also wonder if he didn't take another job because this was going to, you know, republicize and get back out there too. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting situation. Um, you know, I think it's a lot like um, the the Danny Casper situation at Texas State. Uh, you know, where a player came out and you know and kind of accused him of you know using using racially insensitive. Uh, words and remarks and stuff like that. Um, I mean, if you're going to keep them, go for it. But at the end of the day, I think just like what's going to happen at Texas State, I think you're going to get killed in recruiting because of it. I think every team in your conference is going to use it against you, and every team in the region, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Missouri, Kansas, whatever, is going to use it against you too. So I think it's going to kill you in recruiting. I could be wrong, but – I don't know. We'll see. It's a tough spot for because 
Mike Gundy's done done a lot of good things at Oklahoma State. I mean, they're I mean, it's come on, it's Oklahoma State. If you ever been to Stillwater, you understand what I'm saying. And they've been in the national picture. And so if if they keep them, you kind of get it, you know, to a point. But like you said, you know, again, but are we going to make decisions off of what it does for my football program? You know, you're talking about recruiting, or is it yeah. because it's the right thing to do? And, th- and that's where I'm glad I'm not having to make that decision because I, I don't know. Like, I, I, you'd have to really do some research, and, and good luck to the Oklahoma State AD on this. Yeah, that's – I just um, – I just think it's a tricky situation. With however, however however which way you want to go, um, especially if he's lost the locker room on the – and, of course, I don't know. I'm not around the program. I don't know. Maybe the locker room is still in full support of him. But if he's lost the locker room, uh, it's a tricky, tricky situation. Oh, yeah. uh, one last thing before uh, we get out of here today. Uh, so we want to introduce a couple of new segments. The first was the social media uh, segment we put out a few minutes ago. Uh, and the last thing we want to introduce was the what are we watching segment. So... Uh, both of us have two shows, one of which we recently finished, one of which we're currently watching uh, that we were going to talk about. And, uh, Caleb, I'll let you go first. So, if anybody knows Coach Neighbors very well at all, he knows he's a man of lists. He puts – Yes. He, he, if you if you got a question, he's got a list for it. And one of his big things is his, is his top – no telling how far it goes now, but his top TV shows – and uh, during this quarantine, I was looking for new things to watch, and and his number one show is The West Wing, and I come across it on Netflix, and I'm like, okay, let me give it a try. And I am in the boat that it that is my all time favorite show. It wow. just, uh, you know, it was back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Just the, just the Aaron Sorkin's the writer unbelievable great does an unbelievable job on it it's it's well written it's it's funny it's serious um and and it there's no stone left unturned with it it's detailed i mean um you know you and me i think mentioned last week off off the air that we uh watched madam secretary and um watching that it's almost it gives you like you're like, which way is the White House? Because Madam Secretary, they go home every night and eat dinner together. And it, it, it seems like they, the people that work in the White House have all that kind of time. Yeah. On West Wing, like they're working till 2 a.m. and they're back up at 5 a.m., you know. And, and I'm sure it's, it's kind of the in-between of, of both of those. But uh, great show. And that and that actually led me to something I just finished as well. His, his another top five show that he's like, you got to watch newsroom right after you watch West wing. Cause Aaron Sorkin wrote newsroom and it's got Jeff Daniels in it. Yep. And it was unbelievable as well. Like it, like if you, if you're looking for something and you, you, you want to it to be serious and you get something out of it. I don't think you can go wrong with West wing or newsroom. Great shows. See, I've seen a little bit of newsroom. I, uh, I haven't watched the whole thing. I think I watched the first season of Newsroom. There's only like three seasons, yeah. right? Yeah. So I've seen a little bit of it, and I did like it. I just kind of fell off. But I need to I need to rewatch that, um, and then start up West Wing, because um, I just I have to get in the mood to watch like a political drama. Like I just have to be in the mood. Right now, I'm in like a 
comedy slash comedy drama move. Yeah. It's, for move. me, with what's going on in the world right now, I just fall into well, the world is a lot of politics going on. So like, oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah. that's how my brain's yeah. working right now. So it it kind of worked, and you know, I'm glad I watched it. So yours are West Wing and uh, Newsroom. Mine was the the last show I finished was Atlanta, which is on FX, I believe. Uh, Donald Glover wrote, produced, and starred, and either wrote, produced. And started or wrote, directed, and started. I can't remember which one it is. But uh, anyways, it's Donald Glover's show because I had watched Community earlier in this quarantine. It just got added to Netflix, uh, which I highly recommend. It's phenomenal. It's seven or six seasons. Uh, It was on NBC for five of the six. It's phenomenal. I love it. Uh, So Donald Glover's in that. And so for years, I had heard about this show called Atlanta. So like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And it is... It's one of the best shows I've ever watched. I mean, it is. If you've seen Get Out, uh, that's kind of how they attack, like, you know, systemic racism and social issues and stuff like that. Because at times they do it in a very, very serious way. And at times they go with a humor way. And it, I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, season two is, season two is phenomenal. Um, uh, and I loved it. And so uh, season three comes out, I think, in 2021, so I'm looking forward to it. But uh, that was the last one I watched. And so it's kind of a drama slash comedy, and I was like, you know, I don't really want to do anything serious because I'm not really in the mood to do anything serious. And so I was uh, surfing through Disney Plus the other day. I guess it was last week. And I was like, I saw Boy Meets World on there. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to rewatch it. Because I, I watched it. Binge watched it for the first time in winter of 2012 slash January of 2013. And I absolutely loved it. But what had happened was at that time they had taken it off ABC Family. So I had not seen an episode since I binge watched it the first time. And I forgot how good it is. It, it, that was a show I grew up on. You yeah, know, that, it, that's how it was for me. You know, Corey and Topanga and the crew. And, yeah. Um, no, that that's a really good one. That's, that would be a good one to go back and watch. Uh Right now, I'm watching Billions um, okay. on Showtime. Uh, you know, this is we're in season five. It's I don't think the season's over, but I, I kind of let it get ahead so I could kind of binge watch a little bit and maybe get caught up for the last couple episodes. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's it's about hedge funds and you know just illegal stuff and trying to catch each other. You know, and um, it's a really good show. If anybody's watched uh, Homeland, yeah, I don't know if you watched that, but uh, I've heard of it. The guy that stars in in Homeland is also well, at least the first two seasons. He is uh, he's the guy that is um, the the main character in this uh, billion show, and it, it's just really good. It's just good stuff. I mean, it's you know, and during this time, it gives it gives me something to look forward to. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I am. I just need something to watch, something to do. Because you know, when we, I get home we better night. get it out of the way now, because once sports comes back, yeah, sports I'm, are gonna be back. Yeah, know. I'm I'm not watching a TV show when sports comes yeah, back. I mean, I'm, I'm done with. We're that. not gonna have time. Yeah, you know, you're gonna watch have sports. WNBA, NBA. You got to think baseball is gonna be back somewhat. Yeah. You'll have golf on the weekend, and the next thing you know, football starting and and all that's still going on. And for as much as we've missed, 
I guess the silver lining is we're going to get it all back at once. And, yeah, and it's I'm going to have to have like five TVs to watch it. I can't wait. I, so you've seen Boy Meets World. Yes. So I want to get your opinion because I because I am just now in season three. All right. And so the Corey and Topanga stuff has just started, but and I had forgotten because when I watched it the first time, I thought. Or I remember thinking season one and two aren't that good, but it really picks up steam in like season three, which it does. But season one and two are a whole lot better than I remember. But uh, Corey Topanga, the best TV relationship ever? Or is there one better? And I mean, you can throw whatever sitcom, drama, I don't care what category it is. For me, it's not the best ever. Mine is How I Met Your Mother. Have you ever seen that? Nah, I've seen it like six times. It's one of my favorite shows ever. I mean, there's a couple relationships in that that, to me, and maybe it's because of when I watched both yeah. you know, shows. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen Boy Meets World because, like you said, it's not on air anymore. So it's been no telling how long. And, like, I, I, one summer I went through every episode of How I Met Your Mother, you know, like just knocked them out. And so – there's to me for me those beat that but it's top five i mean you gotta be who's who's the how i met your mother ones um because i'm interested in this you know um marshall and lily yep i I think just because of the length like they were together you know and then um you know uh ted and um robin ted and and robin Yeah, yeah i mean they 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 weren't in a relationship, but they were, you know, like it, yeah. it was, even when they weren't together, they, they were, you knew it was going there, you know, yeah. and, and eventually, and that, and like I said, I watched it when I was a lot older and, and can understand it. Maybe if I went back and watched Boy Meets World, uh, they, they may jump it, but, yeah. um, I don't See, know. See, I'm, I'm in the camp though, that I actually love the finale. I love Ted and Robin getting together. I love yes. the finale. Yeah, I, I did too. Like it was, as for a, for a thirty minute comedy sitcom, I, my favorite ever. You know, yeah. like I mean, it, I don't had storylines. You had the bro code. You had you know uh, the playbook. Yeah, I mean, just you know, uh, just everything from being at the bar for half, probably half the series was in a bar. You know, yeah. and and uh, just the craziness. But then the seriousness of it too, you know, it it was relatable. You know, it was as you get older, you get your group of friends, and yeah, we do that, you yeah, know. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, and it, and it also reminded me of a show. I don't know if you ever seen Entourage. I have not. No. It's a it's a good one. It's a HBO show. Um, it's kind of the life of um, oh. The bro, uh, can't think of Mark Wahlberg. It, it's kind of his story, and he made it into a TV show. You know, and like use the same names like Turtle and Johnny Drama, and and all, and and they're even. It, what's awesome is every once in a while, twice a season, Mark and his boys will show up in an episode. You know, and and it's really neat. And that's, and and I'm big on like I have. We all have our group of friends that yeah. you relate to something, and and. I related to those two shows, so. Yeah, that's that's an that's an interesting point. I'm glad you've seen How I Met Your Brother. We oh, have, yeah. we have to have like a podcast just on How I Met Your Brother because I love that show. Great. I mean, I've I yes. have seen it. 
I've seen my favorite episodes anywhere from 10 to 15 times, and I think I've seen the entire show at least five times, maybe six. I'm disappointed in FX right now. They used to play it during the afternoons. Yeah, they cut it off. They don't anymore. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Hulu. Hulu is yeah. where it's at. It's all on Hulu. Yeah. All on Hulu. All right. Uh, so we're nearing the end. Uh, got a couple of things to tease for next week. We're actually going to have our first guest on next week. Uh, a Minnesota assistant coach, uh, Carly Tebow. And I'll let you tell us a little bit about her. And then maybe if Alana confirmed yes or no, we can talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, coach Tebow is going to come on. She's an assistant women's coach at University of Minnesota. Um you know, we thought it'd be a good idea to have somebody that's been right in the middle of the start of our of what's going on in our world right now. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, we'll talk basketball, we'll talk, you know, social issues and, and her dad's actually the coach of the Washington Mystics who are the defending WNBA champions. Um and uh it, that'll be a good good show. Um I'm pretty sure we're going to have Ilana Eaton on. Um, I just actually got a text during the show that she's reporting to school on June 26th. So, like, we'd have to have her on next week. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we could have her on next Thursday. If not, we can get a recorded, uh, you know, sh- you know, pre-recorded little segment with her just to kind of catch up with her and, and what she's looking forward to. And, um, you know – I, I didn't run this by Cade, but if if our listeners have any suggestions on people we need yeah, to come no doubt. bring on, let us know. You know, we we're we're open to anybody. You know, anybody that can carry the show because you know I'm, y'all going to get tired of hearing us all the time. So, um, man, it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to our guests. You know, in the future, we we've got some others that we're we're talking to and and got some ideas and. Always open to new ones. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out, if you want to throw suggestions out, I'll throw out my Twitter handle. Uh, it's at Cade Carlton. Uh, just follow me, shoot me a DM. And like, it'll be, or if you don't already follow me, follow me and shoot me a DM. And I'll happily look at it and I'll let you throw out yours too because I know you're kind of on it some. Man, I don't even, I think it's uh, at CLIV3402, but uh, maybe. Kate will have to tweet me and yeah. and have to tag me in it. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. So just uh, reach out to me if if nothing and you know if you have an idea for a, a guest Maybe suggestion. One day we'll get big enough to where we have to create a social media account for our podcast. Yeah, I hope so. That's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, well, Caleb, thanks for yeah. joining the studio. Always, as always. Fun. always, always fun. Week two is a wrap. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, next Thursday night. Uh, look for. Episode 3 with uh, Minnesota assistant coach Carly Tebow and Elana Eaton. But until then, uh, stay safe. Have a great week, everyone.